Hello, I'm Paulette Lee, and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. This podcast is going to be a little bit different. It's not directed specifically to women over the age of 60. I thought it would be fun to share what I found out about the myths connected to the 4th of July since this podcast is being published the week of Independence Day. I'm quoting here extensively from National Geographic. And the first myth is that the Declaration of Independence was signed on July 4th. Well, it wasn't. Independence Day is actually celebrated two days too late. The Second Continental Congress voted for a Declaration of Independence on July 2nd, prompting John Adams to write his wife, quote, I am apt to believe that July 2nd, 1776, will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the Great Anniversary Festival. Well, Adams correctly foresaw shows, games, sports, uh, bells and bonfires, but he got the date wrong. The written document wasn't edited and approved until the 4th of July, and that was the date printers affixed to broadside announcements sent out across the land. July 2nd was soon forgotten. In fact, no one actually signed the Declaration of Independence at any time during July 1776. Signing began on August 2nd with John Hancock's famously bold scribble and wasn't completed until late November. Continuing with National Geographic's myth number two, Paul Revere rode solo. So I'm adding in here, uh, you may recall the opening stanzas of William Wordsworth, Wadsworth Longfellow's poem, The Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. It goes like this. Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere on the 18th of April in 75. Hardly a man is now alive who remembers that famous day and year. He said to his friend, if the British march by land or sea from the town tonight, hang a lantern aloft in the belfry arch of the North Church Tower as a signal light, one if by land and two if by sea and I on the opposite shore will be, ready to ride and spread the alarm through every Middlesex village and farm for the country folk to be up and to arm." Well, the poem goes on, according to National Geographic, and I'm quoting throughout here, Patriot Paul Revere really did hit the road on the night of April 18th, 1775, to alert the countryside that British troops were on the move. But the image of an inspired lone rider is not accurate. Revere was part of a low-tech but highly effective early warning system. That system did include lanterns at Boston's Old North Church, from whose steeple the church sexton, Robert Newman, held two lanterns as a signal that the British were coming. However, Revere wasn't watching for them that night. Revere and fellow rider William Dawes, who was sent by a different route, successfully reached Lexington, Massachusetts to warn Samuel Adams and John Hancock that they'd likely be arrested. But Revere and Dawes were captured by the British with third rider Samuel Prescott soon afterward. The liberties later taken with the Revere legend weren't mistakes. They were deliberate myth-making 
by poet Longfellow, who intended his famous 19th century poem to stoke patriotism on the eve of the Civil War. The ride's real story is told at Paul Revere House, the Boston Museum where Revere once lived and from which he left on that fateful night. Myth number three, July 4th, 1776, the Liberty Bell crack. U.S. independence uh, surely prompted a party, again, according to this National Geographic article, but joyful patriots didn't ring the Liberty Bell until it cracked on July 4th, 1776. In fact, the State House bell likely didn't ring at all that day. It probably did ring, along with the city's other bells, to herald the first public readings of the Declaration of Independence on July 8th. This is according to a history of the bell published by the Pennsylvania Historical and Museum Commission. As for that crack, well, the bell had been poorly cast and cracked soon after its arrival in 1752. The bell was subsequently, uh, subsequently recast and recracked several times, but was intact during the Revolutionary War. Today's iconic crack actually appeared sometime during the 19th century, though the exact date is in dispute. It was also during this period that the bell became popularly known as the Liberty Bell. That was a term coined by abolitionists. Myth number four, patriots flocked to fight for freedom. Well, this enduring image, this is language, again, from National Geographic, is accurate when describing the beginning of the Revolutionary War. But as it became clear that the struggle for independence would be long and difficult, the enthusiasm of many American men for fighting began to wane while their concerns for the well-being of their farms and other livelihoods grew. Myth number five, the Declaration of Independence holds secret messages. Well, some revolutionary myths are of modern origin. There is no invisible message or map on the back of the Declaration of Independence as depicted in the film A National Treasure. But the National Archives admits there is something written on the back of the priceless document. A line on the bottom of the parchment reads, Original Declaration of Independence dated 4th of July, 1976. Excuse me, that's 1776. Why? The large document would have been rolled for travel and storage during the 18th century, so the reverse side writing likely added as a label to identify the document while it was rolled up. Myth number six, John Adams died thinking of Thomas Jefferson. Well, incredibly, both John Adams and Thomas Jefferson did die on the 4th of July, 1826. But there's no real evidence to suggest that Adams' final thoughts were with Jefferson or that he uttered Jefferson survives on his deathbed. Even if he had, he'd have been wrong, as Jefferson beat him in death by several hours. The day does seem auspicious for presidents, however. The less celebrated James Monroe also died on July 4th in 1831. Myth number seven, America united against the British. Well, the Revolutionary War also pitted Americans against Americans in large numbers. Perhaps 15 to 20 percent of all Americans were loyalists who supported the crown. This is in the uh, National Geographic article and attributed, uh, attributed to the UK National Army Museum. Many others tried to stay out of the fight altogether. 
Records from the period are sketchy, but an estimated 50,000 Americans served as British soldiers or militia at one time or another during the conflict. A significant force pitted against a continental army that may have included 100,000 regular soldiers over the course of the war. Myth number nine, Native Americans sided with the British. Now the Declaration of Independence made this claim against King George III. Quote, he has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers the merciless Indian savages whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions, unquote. But according to National Geographic, many Native Americans did eventually fight with the British, but many others sided with people in the colonies or simply tried to stay out of the European conflict altogether. And this... Um, uh, National Geographic cites Dartmouth College historian Colin Galloway, author of The American Revolution in Indian Country, Crisis and Diversity in Native American Communities. National Geographic goes on to say that most New England Indians supported the Continentals and the powerful Iroquois Confederacy was split by the conflict. Native so-called redcoats fought not for love of King George, but in hopes of saving their own homelands, which they thought would be the spoils of the war for independence. All right, so here is uh, myth number nine, and this one kind of hurts. Betsy Ross made the first American flag. Well, there is no proof that Betsy Ross played any part in designing or sewing the American flag that made its debut in 1777. It instructs when the flag should be displayed, manners and methods of displaying it, and buildings where it should be raised. There are detailed specifications for displaying the flag at half-staff, and even how to deliver the Pledge of Allegiance. The flag code was adopted by Congress in 1942, but it does not have an enforcement mechanism, and there aren't any flag police. States have attempted to punish people who disrespect the flag. However, their efforts were struck down by the Supreme Court as free speech violations. According to the flag code, the American flag should never touch anything beneath it, including the ground, the floor, or the water. But flags should be destroyed only when they are no longer in good enough condition to be displayed. If touching the ground didn't render the flag unfit for display, then it should not be destroyed. Once a flag is unfit for display, burning it is the preferred method of destruction. Myth, the flag should never be flown at night. Although it's customary to display the American flag from sunrise to sunset, the flag can be displayed 24 hours a day as long as it is illuminated through the night, according to the flag code. Myth, only a veteran's coffin can be draped with the American flag. Actually, nowhere in the flag code does it say that the flag may only cover the casket of a veteran. That myth may stem from the fact that the Department of Veteran Affairs provides flags for the services of veterans and active duty service members. When a flag is used to cover a coffin, it should be placed with the union, that's the blue field with the stars, at the head and over the left shoulder. The flag should not be lowered into the grave or allowed to touch the ground. Myth, the flag must always be folded into a triangle for storage. 
Folding a flag into a triangle for storage with only the blue union and stars visible is part of tradition. It's not a requirement of the flag code. Flags on a staff are properly stored in an entirely different manner that doesn't involve folding. They're typically rolled around the staff and then that staff is covered with a burlap case. And myth, a flag with fewer than 50 stars should not be flown. Any American flag that was officially recognized during its time is still considered a living flag and should be respected, regardless of the number of stars on it. These flags can continue to be flown until they become unserviceable. It's important to note that whenever a new state is admitted into the United States, one star is added to the flag on the next 4th of July following the admission. So there you have uh, myths debunked uh, by AARP and of course resources for this podcast will as usual be posted on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. And now you know, so now you can show off your knowledge at your Independence Day festivities if you choose to participate. Happy Independence Day to you, whether you celebrate the United States Declaration of Independence from Britain on the 4th of July, or if you have your own date celebrating your own personal independence. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. You have been listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.